Ladies and gentlemen, recording is in progress. My name is Sam Skibby, Commissioner of the SWBL, and I have the honor of being here for another captain interview presented by 1356 Public House, our presenting sponsor for SWBL season 20. Now, why am I hosting this? Our podcast host, Brian Benware, obviously is in the hot seat today, in the hot seat as the SWBL Astros are next for your captain interviews heading into the anniversary 20th season. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Good, man. Uh, it is fun to be on this side of it. Um, I'm sure. For a while, a lot less pressure, though I'm sure there's going to be some tough questions, uh, but yeah, excited. I'm really excited that the season's coming up. So just ready to be there. You know, I miss being the podcast host. I can't thank you enough for taking it off my hands. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's always fun to come back every once in a while. And obviously for this one, you, you needed somebody to host it for you because you are now the person that is in that hot seat. As we mentioned, you know, we're going to be discussing your roster breakdown. We're going to be discussing obviously your division and we're going to talk about that division draw because it's a very interesting one for you guys and the teams that you are opposing in that division. And then obviously the schedule just came out. The preseason awards came out and we're starting to see the grades and the rankings start to come in as well. So we have a lot to break down and the Astros are a team that people have their eye on. First, let's talk about last year real quick, Brian. You know, in season 19, the Astros made the playoffs for the first time. What did that feel like for you as manager, winning manager of the year, obviously, and then the, you know, a former franchise of the year in the Astros, but what did it mean to get that first playoff berth for you guys? Um, it was, it was great. Um, the, I don't want to say it felt like a monkey off our back, but I, I certainly could see the potential that we had building from previous years. You know, the season 18, we were eliminated basically in that last game by the Expos when they went on their tear toward winning the championship. We yeah. were in until they won and knocked us out. So um, I could see the potential that we had in our core. Um, and then to add a guy like John and that be a big boost to us and, and pick us up when we struggled. Um, and for our guys to fight and, and keep clawing away in uh, a, a division that was tough. Um, you know, the Expos didn't play as well as they had in the past, but we had the Rockies. Um, and um, I was just really proud of the guys and, and the way they battled and fought. And, uh, and so then when we clinched the division and made the playoffs, um, there was a, an abundance of excitement. So yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, going through and facing the Yankees in that first round matchup, uh, you know, you guys almost had it. I mean, you were very close to not only just making the playoffs, you won your division, you made the playoffs, but you were close to winning and making it to the championship. And it was very a la athletics, you know, of 2016 when they went to the championship as well. Um, would what was your team's thought process, you know, after that loss, is it just like turn around? You kind of knew that possibly John Cowley, for those of you that don't know that are listening to the podcast or watching us on YouTube as well. For those of you that don't know, John Calloway is starting a new franchise was a big boost, as Brian said to the Astros last year. Um, but John Calloway will be moving on as the captain of the new franchise, the White Sox. But what was the team's kind of morale after the loss in the playoffs? Um, you know, it was disappointment that, you know, we lost by two runs. Um, we couldn't quite, you know, we, and honestly, we, we gave up all the runs. I think in the first inning, um, we went down six, nothing. And then we clawed back and fought back and got back to six, four and just didn't have enough to get over the hump yeah. the, out of the hole we dug. So part of, part of the feeling was disappointment um, because we had something special, but then at the same time, like the Yankees were a good team and we knew that. Um, and then there was still excitement and, and, and anticipation for the next season. Um, even though John was leaving and we, we already had that mindset. Um, we, I think we had proved to ourselves that we belong there. Um, and now it's building on that momentum uh, coming into this season so well the same playoff teams have seemed to make it every single year and it's been really interesting you know the Expos made it 2020 Astros made it 2021 tr truly showing 
that anybody can make the playoffs and win in this league. You know, I have my throwback Astros jersey on just for you Let's today, go. Brian. I had to, you know, I know I have all of my, you know, different wiffle ball shirts, uniforms, just in a big Tupperware that goes under the bed and I had to pull it out. It's a little wrinkly today, but you know, we got it out for you, but let's talk about the Astros going into this season and let's break down your roster first. Obviously yourself, the reigning manager of the year, you have Cam Smith, who we'll get to in a little bit as well. We can say the national pitcher of the year, obviously fast pitch style and number 16 on the top 20 for the SW. BL this year. You have Keaton Adams returning for you. David Olderman, who finally made his debut with the Astros and did very well. Um, exciting to see him back for his next year with you guys. Cole Layton coming back. He's played two years with you guys, rookie of the year um, in his uh, first year with you all. And then the new signing of Jimmy Stout. First, let's start with Mr. Jimmy Stout. This has been a marriage that you guys have wanted to see for quite some time. And he found his way to your team. He has been wanting to play with you and Cam for quite some time now. Signed a huge contract with you all. Uh, What's it like getting a guy like Jimmy? And talk to me about what makes this year's team better than last year's, even though John Calloway was arguably the best player on your team. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to replace John. I don't think any one player is going to do that. And I'm not going to put those expectations on Jimmy as kind of taking his roster spot. Um, that's not my expectation, but you're right. I've been wanting to play with Jimmy. Jimmy's been wanting uh, to play with us for a little while. Maybe not me so much, but he and I are good friends. Um, and, you know, Jimmy brings a lot of versatility. He, he's not somebody that I would say is overlooked, but he hasn't been able to play for a few years. So I think people have yeah. kind of forgotten how good he is and can be and his potential. Um, Cause he really was just getting going when he got sick. So getting him back, he's, he's back to hundred percent strength. He, he can field, he can pitch, he can hit. Um, so I think adding him in as a quality at bat um, with a, with a high ceiling along with the potential of what our guys can do. I mean, Keaton was an all-star two years ago. Yeah. Um, Cole, as you said, two years ago was a uh, the rookie of the year. So, and then, you know, Cam had a great summer league and has, has been a consistent hitter for us. So I think as our lineup goes, we have the potential to be better as a team um, and not just necessarily have the sole focus be on one player. I think if everybody plays to their potential, we'll actually be a better team than we were last year. You know, let's talk about the word potential real quick, because your team's got a lot of it. And to be honest, there have been rumblings and talks and people know how good of a player Cam Smith is. They know how good of a player Keaton can be. We know how great of a pitcher David can be. We know how good of a hitter Cole can be. And we've seen Jimmy Stout be successful on the Brewers before. You know, these are going to be your five main guys. I don't mean to leave you off of that list, but, you know, as the manager and as someone who was a lot of fielding as well. But when you look at those five guys and the potential that these guys have, who is this guy that you guys are looking to take that next step? You know, a lot of people keep saying Cam Smith has got to turn it on and had an MVP season here. Some coming somewhere down the line and how Cole Layton isn't hitting above a certain batting average or hitting so over 10 home runs in a season is mind boggling to a lot of people that have seen him in the fast pitch realm. So who is your choice? You got to pick one that is going to be that next step guy for your team this year. Yeah, I think That's tough between the two because I could pick either of them and make a case for either of them. But I think you're right in the sense of Cam. I think Cam has the potential to be an MVP. I think he has the potential to win a side with him. He's obviously a leader of our team too. Um, He's the heart of our team. um, And I just believe in my, like deep down, like I know it's coming. It's he's going to bust out and be a star. Like he, in my opinion, like in, in three or four years, he's going to be one of those guys that you talk about in the top five of the league every year um, yeah. because he's just, he's that good on both sides of the, of, of the plate. So yeah. I expect him to take the biggest, make the biggest jump. 
this year. Uh, he's going to play a big role for us. He's going to bat lead off and he's obviously, he's, he's obviously going to be one of our two main pitchers. Um, you know, he, he and David will split pretty evenly, but um, at the same time, we'll, we'll pitch the hot hand too. If somebody's really rolling, we'll go one way or the other and they both have the potential to turn it on. So you know, let's interrupt and talk about this because the situation, the plan, you know, a lot of managers hold it close to their chest and some people it's all situational, right? It could completely change, but right now we are in late March, you know, this is probably going to air in March, April-ish time, you know, but let's talk about what the plan right now for the Astros would be if the season was tomorrow. So the season began tomorrow. You mentioned that obviously Every team needs a one-two punch for their pitching. You have Cam Smith, you have David Olderman, but you also have pitching depth, right? You mm-hmm. have Keaton Adams, who has had a great little flick of the wrist, you know, pitch yeah. before. You've had Cole Layton, who has success on the mound. We haven't seen him really on the mound at the blur, but we have seen him on the mound in other places, and he has done well. You've pitched. I know you're probably not going to ever get on the mound again with your team, nah, but nah, you have pitched. Home run derby, jeez. <laughs> And you also have Jimmy Stout, who has plenty of pitching experience for the Brewers. So kind of talk about, you know, you are so kind of loaded in that position, but are you going to stick to just two? We'll do pitching first, but are you going to stick to just two? Or are you going to kind of pick spots as you go? We're going to use mostly two. Um, so our roster is very role-based and the guys know their roles. Um, everybody kind of knows where they're going to be at in the lineup. Um, but, you know, David knows like, we rely on his pitching. Um, he he is going to get at bats just like last year. We're going to find spots for him to hit, but it's mostly going to be Cam and David. Um, and then if we need to use a different arm, our third pitcher would be Jimmy. Um, yeah. You know, and that might be a relief scenario, eating some innings up if we have to. Um, that's going to be kind of scenario, you know, case by case situation. Um, but I'm going to rely on my two aces to, to lock it down. So, you know, it's, it's funny to look at your roster and say this, but three of your players have been national team participants for the SWBL Cardinals uh, heading to, you know, Morenci was Jimmy Stout and David Olderman. And then the year after Cam Smith went. So a lot of pitching depth and a lot of pitching experience in big spots for the Astros. Let's move on to the hitting side, Brian. And this is where you have, as a manager, you've seen a development of your team, right? You've seen a growth of trying to find the right spots. And you had a lot of changeover with a lot of your teams in the past, but you've really found a kind of a groove. And you know that the best teams in the best situations will hit four. Now, does that mean there are not times that you can hit five? Absolutely. You can find spots to hit five. You can bring people in um, in different scenarios. But talk about your your hitting you know, strategy going into this year after a playoff berth and talk about is it going to be four the entire time? Will you find spots for five? What's, gonna, what's kind of the talk in the clubhouse? Yeah. I mean, just like last year. So that's what I did, and it seemed to work. Um, we are going to do both four and five man lineups, um, finding spots to hit five. David actually had a really good season when he got some opportunity, he hit like 460 or something like that. And he knows that his job is to get on base and and create runs, um, manufacture runs. And if he comes out this year and starts raking when he gets opportunities and somebody else is struggling, then, you know, maybe he becomes the fourth instead of waiting for opportunities to bat five, but you know, I'm going to, I haven't decided if I'm going to do the, uh, the scorebook again or not. Um, that really was attached to your hip last year. (laughs) Yeah. And it really wasn't like, I didn't do that for a bid to win any kind of award. I actually did it to help myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. For situational based to, like not have a short memory and also not have a long memory. Like I wanted to be in the moment on what was happening. If a batter was struggling, if a player was struggling at a certain, in a certain aspect of their game so that I had the data right there. So I'll probably stick with it for the same reason. Um, And, you know, if somebody struggles over a game or two, you know, maybe we sit them and maybe we give somebody else an opportunity. Um, The guys are pushing for me 
to try to get more at bats for myself. <laughs> for um, those of you that don't know, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Penware, two for two last season in season 19 at two home runs at two home runs. It wasn't like three or four RBIs, uh, five, you know, yeah, four, 4,000 OPS. Um, the only player in the history to do that obviously didn't hit the minimums for right. any of it to be in the league leaders, but an amazing stat line nonetheless. So right. that's the story we're basing it off of here, but continue. Right. Brian. So yeah, they're, they, you know, they, they've, they're pushing me to try to find a bats for myself too. Um, I think they see how much I want to support them and put them in a position to win. And at the same time, they want to support me and, um, maybe sometimes they feel like I could give them a good shot to win. I, I don't know, but yeah. you know, maybe they're all, you know, basically we'll try to find ways to get everybody involved and we're going to try to use everybody's, um, skills to the best for the best situations. Yeah. And I think your team also realized, I mean, that was a, that was a moment for your team that you kind of made it, it was a catalyst, you know, beating the Rockies, you know, in that game. And you were the reason that you beat the Rockies um, at the plate, at least. And to kind of catapult your team into a position to be six and four, the only time you guys have ever had a winning record. So I think your teammates see that. And that's what I was going to say is so great about the Astros, right? Because you can really tell that everybody does know their role and they know if somebody's struggling, they know Brian's going to sit them, right? Like this is a, a Keaton Adams situation. Right. He had to take a breath, collect himself after his all-star season, a lot of pressure on him to be that hitter as the all-star. You sat him for a while. He came back in, found his groove again. So I think it's about picking their spots. And just because you're getting sat now doesn't mean that you won't get sat the whole time. So I think it's you do a really good job at that. And the Astros are definitely a team that has always been in the conversation for franchise of the year. Um, But, you know, I think you guys have a solid plan and everybody is super excited to see what's going to happen with you guys, hopefully earning another STL cycle saloon playoff berth. All right, Brian, let's go into a season 20 outlook, you know, and let's talk about your division. I mean, this is the Cardinal blinds and shutters division and man, you just want to open those blinds and shutters and see every game about what's going on. Cause I tell you what, These three teams, the Astros, Athletics, and the Orioles. Astros, you guys being a Tier 1 team, um, definitely deserved after the Royals fell off. You guys deserved that Tier 1. Athletics worked their way to a Tier 2 team, definitely deserved it from last year. Orioles had something to prove, right? You know, they had, you know, the Brewers and Expos, a lot of their components from their teams, got 8th and ninth place last year. So it's still a lot to prove, despite the history of a lot of the players on the Orioles Definitely probably don't deserve to be a tier three team, but just how it crumbled from last year. But let's talk about this division because people might see this division. I think you even said it on a podcast on the division draw podcast too. I think you may have said that people will look at this division and think it's the weakest, but you could also make an argument for it being the strongest and the most unknown. So talk about these three teams and talk about what you were going through your head during the division draw, seeing these teams pulled. Yeah. Well, going from a tier three team to a tier one team, it was a completely different seat to watch. It <laughs> That's through. true. That's um, true. You know, it, it kind of felt like just what whatever was going to happen. You had no control over it, um, though. I guess nobody really has control over it. But it was it was interesting because I do think after it all shaked out, my initial feeling was that people were going to look at that division and think it was the weakest when you look at the, the other two top top two teams. However, I think if you look at it now and the way some of the teams have shaken out, I think it's gotta be for sure. in everyone's mind, the most competitive league where you or you division, you don't know who could win and all three could. And, and honestly, like we were in that spot last year because going into the season, you had the defending Expos, you had the Rockies perennial playoff team, and then us. And You know, so we were going in thinking, hey, this is going to be a dogfight. And that kind of plays to our strength because that's kind of how and who we are. Um, But it's going to be tough um, because I could see splitting with every team. Um, I could see, you know, I could also see having the same record, but losing two to one team and losing and winning the other two. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be tough to to be the champion of that, of that league, because I don't want to take anything away from the athletics. They were on the cusp of also making the playoffs last year, just by a few runs. It was a run differential issue. 
So yep. they were a good team last year, and it feels like they found their guy in Chris Warbeck, and he's going to be a problem. And then they've got, you know, championship experience with Paul, and, um, you know, they've added a couple arms. And so they've done a nice job in the offseason of building that roster even more. And I kind of feel like we have similar philosophies um, as a team. And then you have the Orioles who are unknown because they haven't played together, but then on paper, they're three Hall of Famers. Um, and you want to see how that's going to work. Plus you have PG who's been, you know, one, two in the MVP voting in the past couple of years. So sure. um, it's a tough team, um, tough, tough, tough games to win, but we're going to just have to go to work and, and do what we do. You know, on paper, like you said, I think a lot of people have the Orioles penciled in for the champions, you know, preseason of this division, even as a tier three team. But in this commissioner's opinion, I almost think that it could easily be the opposite. And like you said, this division could split. And I think you're right. I actually think this division is going to come down to a run differential tiebreaker. I really do. And it could be where two of the teams make wild card and we have the front offices getting together. Like we don't know who the seating is because it's just this division. We're all five and five, but we're all six and four or four and six. Like it's all, it could be any three of those. And it all comes down to what happens in interleague play. I mean, what's so great about this league is it has continued to grow and get more competitive. And we say that seems like every year, but this year and the way the division stacked up, I'm so glad that the divisions worked out the way they did. And I'm so excited to see the Cardinal blinds and shutters division come to fruition. But obviously let's announce, I know this has already been announced before, but you guys are playing your first scheduled game is game one. You guys are playing two weeks before the season even begins. Last year, you had the Brewers and the Expos playing, and it was a very fun and entertaining game to watch and produce. It was the it is the only fully produced wiffle ball game in full full length wiffle ball game in the history of our sport. And I really think that this year is even going to be better than ever. And what a storyline we have, because it is the one of the best rivalries we have in the SWBL in you guys and the Expos. Division foes last year, and obviously you guys kind of have the upper hand on the Expos lately. Um, talk about that game one and what your team is feeling, that hype coming towards um, what's going to happen next on May 14th, May 15th. Excuse me. Yeah. No, we're excited to be a part of game one. Um, we're... It, it's kind of fun because you get to play a real game before the season gets there. So you don't have to wait kind of as long, but at the same time, like once you get going, you have that break between game one and the season. So, um, you know, we talked about it when I hosted the schedule release podcast, but that can go one of two ways. If, if you win yeah. then you're on cloud nine for yeah. those few weeks and you're coming in with some momentum. Um, but if you lose, you're yeah. down in the dumps and now you're, you're the only team coming into the season. Oh, and one. And you're have, rethinking things yeah. and you guys don't play Friday either. Yeah. So, so you guys are wait all until Saturday to get yeah. back on, on, on the field. So yeah, it's um, we're excited. We, uh, we like the matchup um, for ourselves. Um, we do, as you said, have had, have had success against the sure. Expos um, more so probably than most teams in the past two years. And um I know we're going to get Jimmy. I mean, I, I, I can't, oh, he imagine. won't pass up the opportunity. I can't to have imagine. The spotlight on yeah. Him. No. I can't imagine not getting Jimmy in that game and um, it should be fun. It, it'll be interesting to see this kind of new look exposed team and what, what they're going to have. And um, you know, they added, uh, they lost Brett, but then they added Jeremy who's progressively former got there and obviously, yeah, former Astro um, and great arm there too. So even if we, get to Jimmy like we have in the past, you know, we're going to face Jeremy who we really haven't had a whole lot of at bats against. I mean, I think we, yeah. maybe we saw him against the Brewers last year, but um, that would be it. That would be the only time we would have ever faced our former, you know, teammate. So, um, but either way, we're excited. Um, it would be nice also uh, to get that first win. We've never won our first game. So yeah. it would be, it would be really nice to do that on the produced game one, um, which you can get, well, by the way. 
maybe the progression will happen because last year the Expos had never won on day one before and they won game one. So you guys are in the same boat now too. So maybe the progression continues. Now it's going to be a fun game, not only to watch and be a part of, but to produce as well. And I'm so excited for both these teams to get out there, but let's talk about the rest of the schedule. Obviously game one is going to be huge. It's going to be a lot of fun to do together, but which game are you guys most looking forward to on the rest of your schedule? Is it a division game with the athletics or the Orioles? What's, what's one game that you guys have circled. That's like, okay, this is the, the moment for us that we really hopefully have turned a corner or will help us turn a corner right here. Well, um, I think that really, I would say game one would be the one we circle, but since we've talked about that, I'll, I'll just pick a different sure. one, but really game like, the next game is the most important. I think I said that last year too. The next game is the most important one. Um, but aside from that, I think the game after that, that I think is going to come really into play is going to be that first Orioles game because of what you said earlier, everybody's already jumping on board the Orioles. Um, you know, I think some people are going to look in that game and say, Oh, okay. It's the Orioles, the Astros, it's going to be a, you know, 12 to five game and Orioles favor or something like that. Right. And I think that, you know, if we can do what we do and win that game, then I think that's really going to show the league like, Hey, we're for real. And last year wasn't a fluke, which I think is the big question mark on us right now. Like, yeah, we had a good year last year and we've been building and everybody sees that, but until you do it consistently, you're not really taken seriously. So that I think would be the next most important game just because they're, you know, they're in the division. So, um, and right now they're looked at as the top dog in the division, even though they're the tier three team. You know, and I will, you know, to kind of finish up the schedule sort of things here, you know, there's been talk on previous podcasts, schedule release as well. And as commissioner, I do want to apologize firsthand about this, but you know, the, four away games in a row to end your season. And in my head as a schedule maker, it's like, eh, you know, like it's all good. Like, you know, we'll be, but then when you guys start talking about it, you realize, yeah, you know, it is. And I think somebody said it in your schedule. I don't, your schedule podcast. I wasn't sure if it was Edlo or John, but somebody said, you know, the first time a playoff team won as the home team was like two years ago you know, in the franchise era, it would have always been the away team. So there's, there's both sides, right? There's something to be said about hitting first and putting the pressure on. And then there's also something obviously to hit last when you know how much you need and can in that pressure filled moment. And you guys do seem like a pressure team, right? You are good under pressure and you can perform under pressure. So having those home games is important, but talk about what your team's been talking about, knowing that you have four away games to end your season um talk about what your team's kind of thinking is it changing any mindsets or is everybody just like no we got this no none of the guys are scared nobody's mentioned any concerns to me about it um you know I've thought a lot about that with hosting the podcast and having those conversations and I saw it as a disadvantage at the beginning and it still kind of can be Um, I'm not going to say that it's not and it's not going to be tough especially the fact that two of those last four are also division games and they're on Monday. Um, However, I do think that if we use it to our advantage and like you said, come out and put up runs early, then we put the pressure on the home team. They've got to catch up to us. Um, And we've been in that spot in the playoffs last year. I mean, technically we were the away team against the Yankees. However, we were the ones that got behind the eight ball and we knew how hard and how much pressure that was to try to come back. And that's tough. Um, you, you press a little bit and you try to do maybe more than you should. Um, so if yeah. we can use that, flip that from a disadvantage to an advantage, then who knows? Those four games could be the thing that catapult us and, and allow us to be that hot team going into the playoffs that we always sure. talk about is like that magic going into um, the, the last part of Monday and trying to go for that championship. And who knows, maybe you're seven and one going into those two games and it won't matter at all. Right. So, and I will put on notice K 
captains John Light and Alex Heck. And if they want to switch their games and you guys talk about it, then I'll put you on notice if the three of you want to get together and say, hey, one of us switch it to help out. It was just an oversight on my part. I do apologize as the commissioner end of things, but it'd be hard to switch it now, right? Because it's hard to tell a team on the end to say that. But I will say I'm always down to switch it if everybody can agree to do so. Let's move on from the schedule, Brian. You know, you guys have been talking blue in the face with John and Edlow. The schedule's out. If you don't know, uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, the SWBL website is brand new. You can find us now at our own.com, www.skibbywiffleball.com. And it is a brand new website. Yes, we have won the National Wiffy Award for Website of the Year the past two years, but we decided to change it again. So go check out the schedule at skibbywiffleball.com slash schedule, and you can find all of the matchups for season 20. You know, power rankings are starting to get released, and I believe now they've been released. You know, things, let's talk about those power rankings, scouting reports for your teams. Let's talk about that real quick. Overall, not knowing where you're ranked right now, where do you think after a playoff season, after losing John Callaway, where do you think the Astros are going to get placed? And no, no words, Brian, to back it up. Just give me a number real quick. Where do you think by the front office and captains? Remember, both fifth. vote. All fifth. nine captains, fifth, okay? And where should you get ranked, in your opinion? Where do you think, as heart of hearts, as the captain of the Astros, where should you be ranked? Fourth. All right. Now is now you can talk about reasonings why. You know, why do you think it's going to be fifth from the captain's front office? And why do you, well, you think it should be You know what? I'm going to say one? from the captain's front office, I'm going to say sixth because they don't know how to vote. <laughs> If you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, preseason things we decided last year was the first year in season 19 to open it up to not just front office, but captains can vote as well. So captains and front office are eligible to vote for the preseason awards and scouting reports. So, yes, this is the second year that the captains have been eligible to vote. And a lot of people decide that they want to vote for their own teams in certain areas or a little higher on their teams than they should be. So next year, maybe we drop the highest and the lowest score. It might come out a little more even. But yeah, talk about why, Brian, so I, sixth I, and fourth. Yeah, I, I think we'll be ranked low because I don't. I think people underappreciate our pitching. Um, we have two guys who are aces on most rosters. And not everybody can say that. And actually, very few can say that. And yet, somehow, we'll end up getting – toward the bottom of the barrel because we're the Astros and people have weird thinking. They think long-term, they don't look at what's happened recently and, and, you know, how things have progressed. Um, So we'll get, we'll get kind of dumped on the bottom there. Um, I think hitting will kind of come in the middle of the pack. I think people can see that we can hit and we have the potential to hit. Um, But Again, it's one of those things where while we have high ceilings, they're only going to remember that we're the Astros um, and have been a bottom tier team for years until this year. And so they're going to say, oh, I must be thinking something wrong. And so they got to be like seven or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, fielding, I'll give them the fact that we've lost John. Um, However, Cole is a nationally ranked fielder and first team, in fact. And he's going to be taking over left field for us. And then you've got Jimmy who can field. You've got me if I have to. I've had a lot of experience in the field. And in fact, I'm, I am a better right fielder than a left fielder. Um, that's where I started my career. You know, but Cam can field. David can field. Keaton can field. Um, yeah. You know, so I think our fielding is going to be better than people think. But I'll give them a pass on voting us down in that category since – really they haven't seen a whole lot of it i think people have seen cole and what his athleticism last the last two years um but you know that's right field is different than left field so until they see that um but i i think that cole is going to surprise a lot of people so i think that's why we'll get voted down and also why we should be higher yeah, and you're right. You're kind of right around, right? You know, we know everybody knows where they're ranked in hitting, pitching, and fielding um, for these captain interviews, but nobody knows where they're ranked as the overall scouting reports yet um, for the power rankings. But you know, your hitting was ranked fifth, 
right? You know, like you said, middle of the road and you're pitching and you're fielding both sixth. And like you said, the sixth in pitching was surprising to me as well as the commissioner when putting the numbers together. And you have a lot of depth and you have two players that, yes, can be aces for your team. But you're exactly right. I think a lot of people saw the Expos and the success that they had in season 20 and then the drop off. Yeah. you know, going to season 21 or season 19, excuse me, in 2021, the year after you guys had success, right? And then you lose arguably your best hitter from last season, not even arguably statistically your right. best hitter from last season. So people see that and yes, that could be, but you're hitting still fifth. Your pitching didn't change. You know yeah. what I mean? So right. yeah. the fact that you guys are six is a, a tough pill to swallow, I'm sure. And yeah. may, you know, end up lowering your power ranking for that time. But We'll see when it comes out. Um, but yes, it is a, it's always fun to see the preseason power rankings and especially more fun with the captains involved too, to see what people vote. So, all right. Thank you, Brian, for going through that one with us. Yeah. You know, let's do some predictions here. Okay. Let's stick with the Cardinal blinds division. Um, and who do you have winning? You can pick yourselves if you want, you can go with what, but who do you have winning the Cardinal blinds division? Astros. Yeah. Figured. Let's move on from it. Not going to talk about it more. Yep. We've, we've talked about it the whole time. Let's move on to a different division. Huh? Let's go yeah. Ketting Ice center division. That's the reigning champions, the twins, the Rockies, and then the Marlins as well. Marlins going three and seven last season. Uh, Rockies, obviously the big news losing Kyle Breda who added there was their number two pitcher um, him and Blake kind of split number two duties last year. Um, so Blake will have to really step up with Chad young as well. And the Marlins definitely on the rise, right? You know, adding yeah. Jordan Smith as well to their team is going to help bolster on all facets of the game, but talk about this division and who you think might come out on top. I mean, I, I got to give the nod to the twins. They're the reigning champs. They've got every single player on their rosters in the top 20, they're the only team that can say that. Um, they've been the most consistent team over the past, I don't know, since they became a team probably. Um, so you got to give them the nod. I also just think that while the Marlins are getting better, they're, I still think they have some a ways to go um, to be competitive in the, in the league. Um, and I feel like the Rockies – are at a bit of a crossroads right now. Um, yeah. Losing Brita hurts. Um, now they got Grant back last year and Grant's a big, big boost. And I've heard he can pitch too. So we'll see, but I know that these two guys, these rookies play MoWiff. they're captains in the MoWiff. Um, We'll see how much it translates. I think they played summer league too last year. Both right? played summer league. So yeah. A little bit familiar with, a champion. Yeah. They're yeah. a little bit familiar with our style of play. Um different rules there, but still similar stuff. They have to run this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they run. Let's see. So they could look like frogs or something. I don't know. They haven't, they haven't run in MoWiff and they haven't run in summer league. So they're going to pull a hamstring in the first game. Got to run downhill. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So they're at a bit of a crossroads and, and with that kind of fluctuation and concern that Blake's got to have with what, what he's really got now, he's got BK who's, I think having a great left fielder goes a really long way to being a good team. Yeah. Um, and BK is, you know, obviously in the top two um, of our, uh, of our league. So um, they've got a chance, but I, I got to give it to the twins. So. All right. And let's move on to the corner pub division, brand new sponsorship, um, you know, actually returning sponsorship, but just in a different light, um, the corner pub division now. And we have the SW Yankees runners up from last season. You have the White Sox, the new franchise, the other new franchise uh, for the SWL, captained by your former teammate, John Calloway. And then the SWL Expos champion of the COVID year in 2020. And now with a new look Expo squad with no John Light and no Brett Spencer. Um, you know, all three of these teams could have success, but who's your pick to win the corner pub division? See, this one's tougher. I, it's not the Expos. So that, that is not the, uh, the answer uh, or correct answer, I should say. So this one's tough because I really like the White Sox. I really like what John has put together. However, there's a little bit of unknown. We know who their ace is and we know they have pitchers, but we don't know exactly how good those pitchers are. Sure. Um, their fielding has got to be the best in the league. 
by far. Number two. Number uh, two. Number two. Who's number one? Behind Chris Metter. Because of Chris? Yeah. Well, Spencer Bogat, gold eh, hands in right whatever. field. <laughs> he looks and like Corey a, McC- he looks our like pitcher, a weird me. fisherman with that big old hat on all the time. And Corey McCarthy as well, who plays right field for them. So okay. definitely a good fielding team. And having yeah. Chris Metter is just like another level. So Yeah. So I really do like the White Sox. And then, you know, the Yankees, they lose Jackson, but they gain Gus. So yeah, that's a really tough team to beat too and Kevin has gotten better and better and better and is an amazing fielder but honestly I think I think I'm going with the White Sox wow Um, love um, it I think that both teams have an established ace and both teams have some question marks as their number two we know Scott's a number two and he's got that knuckleball but he's been got to before and there's a drop off between Gus and Scott for sure. Yeah, and they know yeah, that. Yeah. And we don't know what that drop off is. And there's nobody to back Sox. them up either. It right. is only Gus and Scott. Yeah. They have a, they have a, they have the smallest roster. And the other thing about it too is, you know, if one of the guys slumps, that, that's it. They, they don't have yeah. an option to, to rest that guy. He's got to figure it out or they're going to have short innings. Um, so, yeah. But that, you know, that's going to be a battle. And if it's not already, that had better be like an established rivalry now. <laughs> I'm because, sure it is. I mean, with the They're players the on the teams and then the firepower, it's, it's fun, but I, I'm going to go with the White Sox. I think, I think their fielding makes the difference to be honest with you. All right. Okay. So you have the Astros twins and White Sox as your division winners. Who are your two wild card teams? You have the athletics, the Orioles, Rockies, Marlins, Yankees, and Expos. Which two are you picking to play in the wild card game in season twenty? Uh, the Yankees, and then man, wouldn't it be fun if the Orioles didn't make it? <laughs> With all of everything that they did in the off season to get a Hall yeah. of Fame squad, and then they don't do it. Could that very well happen. So much fun, but because really. You know, you're at this point, I feel like you're choosing between the Rockies, the A's and the Orioles. And you could yeah. say the Rockies because they never missed the playoffs. But I yeah. do think that they're going to have a down year. So, I mean, as much fun as I think it would be that it would be the Orioles to miss it. I think the Orioles end up taking it. You know, it, like you said, it's it's crazy there. I feel like people are going to be asked this question and there are seven names that they could say could win a title. And then that doesn't even include a team that went three and seven last year and a team, a a team on the rise, like the Marlins and a team that has won before behind the arm of one player in Jimmy Nelson. So literally anybody has a shot at this and it just all depends how the wiffle ball falls on Memorial day weekend. So that's your playoff teams. I'm sure we'll get to your overall winner later, but let's move on. You know, the last thing, and you've always been doing this with all of your guests, is the rapid fire round called the unknown, as yeah. you say, right? It's going to be weird, obviously, me asking the questions, and you kind of know the questions already, so it's kind of an unfair advantage, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, rapid fire, you can do a quick sentence or something if you want, or just say the answer, and then we'll kind of talk about some things and get out of here. But, you know, are you for the unknown, Brian? I, I love the name is fine. You know, <laughs> have you thought of any other names that might no, be? No, I think I'm going to stick with it now at this All point. All right. It might yeah. as well now, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready to get started? Buckle yeah. up. All right. All right. Here we go. He already knows these folks, but here comes the unknown. So, Brian, I, I feel like we need the music from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What's the final record for the Astros in 2022? 7 and 3 7 and 3 winning the division as you already have said who is the team mvp in season 20 cam smith favorite 90s song hmm. i should have thought about this <laughs> don't go to the waterfalls tlc <laughs> love it love it all right i have a two parter are you yeah. ready yeah. Who will lead the league in pitching strikeouts in season 20? David Olderman. 
who will strike out more at the plate? Past three strikeout kings. Jimmy Nelson, Paul Castellano, or Ty Butler? Who will strike out more at the Jimmy plate? Jimmy Nelson. <laughs> who is your favorite team to play against? Ooh. Probably the Expos, just because of the history. Yeah, it's a fun one for sure. Fun rivalry to see. What's your favorite place to order lunch when you're at the Blur sitting with the guys? Um, You go something light, you go something delicious, you know. It can be for pickup too, if you want to go pick it up. Yeah. um, Man, I live so much closer now too, so there's so many good (laughs) options. Um, I don't know. Probably this is rapid fire. First thing, yeah, yeah, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. You know, I'm opposite. I'm raising canes. Are you? Yeah. People always give me a lot of stuff about that, but I'm a raising canes over Chick Fil A guy. All right, who will lead the league in RBIs in season twenty? Keaton Adams. Wow, love Keena leading the league in RBIs. Love that wild card pick there. Movie night for your team. The Astros get together for a bonding night. What movie is the captain going to show? Hmm. I'm going to go with. Oh, shoot. What's that? Uh... Bull Durham. Great one. Choose one and give up two for the entire SWL season. Pool. Alcohol or lawn chairs? Got to give up two. You can only have one. Which one are you choosing? Alcohol. See, I feel like lawn chairs is underrated. You know, I'm, I guess you could sit on the wall the whole time, yeah. but like you don't want to sit on the grass, you know? I, I know this was, yeah, and I know this is rapid fire. So when I was thinking of that question for the rest of the guys, it was easy to go with alcohol and, and pool. And I yeah. think I like picked something and deleted it. Like at first I was like playoffs. And then I was like, no, everybody will just choose the playoffs. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. so I erased that and then I picked something else and similar thing. And I was like, what is it that's not actually game related? But you got to have. <laughs> that is like people really have to consider sitting on the grass the whole time. And so that's why I could have said sunscreen, too. That would have been a good one. The yeah, I thought that was one. <laughs> so. All right. And the final question for the unknown, Brian, who wins the championship in season 20? Astros. Besides the Astros. Sorry, I didn't finish my question. <laughs> All right. Uh, Just kidding. No, we can do that. White Sox. It's a two-parter. White Sox. Love the pick. So you had the Astros, Twins, White Sox, the Yankees, and Orioles going through to the champion – or going through the playoffs, and you had the Astros winning the championship. If not the Astros, going to be the White Sox. Love the pick so much. You know, Brian, let's kind of wrap this podcast up, wrap this captain's interview, and get out of here. But before we do, you know, we have – season 20 coming up and there's so much hype surrounding the season in general, right? You know, we got swag bags coming. We have more sponsorships that we'll get to in a moment than we've ever had before. The, uh, the pool is going to have like a pool schedule for your teams and families to come back. So we're going to have more pool open for us all. We're going to have the Friday night social event has returned, right? The Monday barbecue is back, you know, all those different things are kind of back, but what is the kind of the thing you're most looking forward to out of all the things that are a returning, or is it just something that everybody always says, you know, getting together with the guys, but besides that same old family, get together with friends answer, what's the one thing you're excited for coming back after these couple of COVID years for season 20? Yeah. Aside from like getting to see everybody, the, I'm excited to get the, um, the skills competition back. It, it has been a lot of fun. It's a great way to socialize with everybody, especially after the games have been played. It's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, if we get a lot of participation, which I think bringing it back, will certainly do that. You know, we'll get more guys to stick around and, and participate. But I think having that back and getting to, you know, watch people make fools of themselves is always fun. So. Yeah, it's a fun Saturday night, right? You know, Saturday night together. Home Run Derby is a little bit different this year. The skills competition might take a slight 
hit. There will still be a skills competition, just it might not be as many events because the Home Run Derby, we are now opening up to everybody. So it's not just the one. It is for actual money, too. So it'll be a Anybody can do it, so you can have multiple players from any team. As long as you pay. So it's a, you pay to be in it and then you win money at the end. So it is going to be a, uh, it's kind of the same thing. United Wiffle did the same thing um, or they do the same thing where you, they pay 20 bucks. Bars won't be 20, but you know, you pay a certain amount and then you kind of get the money back if you win. And we're going to split it with the league 50, 50, kind of a fundraiser thing with the league. And also the, you quadruple, you know, times 10 times 20 your money if you win so and it's a fun way to get more people involved so it'll be a fun thing i think that we could do um to open it up to more players um in the past we've only done the one but yeah announced on the podcast i know sorry yeah we i guess it, it's not really public knowledge as this much. Is so exciting i think i think we said something at winter meeting but um, yeah and i it, wasn't able to be there yeah. yeah. And there's so winter meeting, we did say we mentioned it to everybody. I remember talking to Cam because Cam was really excited about that as well from your team. So, yeah. yes, home run derby. Oh, will I'm going to sit night. out in the field and like every time Homer goes out, you drink. And but like, but also out of it. People have definitely said Louisville Chugger still has to stay. You know, that's got to be one. Um, the fielding one was fun. You know, drunk runners always fun. So there are some good ones that we can do. Um, if we have some time for it, but it's just going to come down to timing, yeah. daylight, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff too. But all right. You know what, Brian, thank you so much. And congratulations again to the Astros last season. But as everybody knows, the Astros have a lot to prove again in season 20 with a changing of a roster and a lot to prove after a very successful season that you guys have built. We want to thank all of our sponsors, our presenting sponsor for season 20, 1356 Public House. We are so excited to be back on Friday night with them. Our Friday night festivities, kind of the camaraderie before the competition. We have the indoor and the outdoor space reserved for all of our families, anybody that wants to come. Um, stand if you want to, sit if you want to, socialize and hang out in the big open uh, private room that we have. We want to thank Brex, our sponsor for you know our bucket challenges. We want to thank them for all of our gear, um, our swag bags, everything that they're doing for us with Spencer Gear as well. Ruben Brown for our philanthropy event, Homers for Heroes, that is coming this year. And our division sponsors, Ketting Eye Center, Corner, Pub and Grill, and Cardinal Blinds and Shutters. We want to thank our media sponsor for our post-game press conferences, Breckenridge Brewery. I'm very excited to have Breckenridge Brewery back. We got a lot of things planned from them. Want to thank our all-star and home run derby sponsor, Logix. If you also win, Brian, the home run derby, you're going to be swagged out in Logix gear um, coming from Logix as well. Um, we also want to thank High Road Craft Ice Cream. Very excited to have them kind of sponsor our Monday barbecue and providing desserts for all of our families, kids, and everybody too. STL Cycle Saloon, our playoff sponsor. And we also want to thank Lion's Choice, Sticker Mule, Amp Up Action Park, Andy's Frozen Custard, and Daily Smokehouse for not only our Fantasy Wiffle Daily Smokehouse, but also for all of them helping out our raffle basket for our Homers for Heroes. Our raffle basket proceeds will also go towards our responders rescue here in St. Louis. So we're very excited to get a raffle going this year for our community and also for responders rescue as well. Hey, there's some hints coming out here for you, Brian. You know, we want to thank you, first of all, for being our podcast host. And you are on the other side of it this time. Thanks for allowing me to host you and the Astros captain's interview. We got a lot of captain interviews still left to come. We got power rankings and obviously the overall season preview to come. So stay tuned for that. Check us out on Spotify and YouTube. And don't forget our new website, www.skibbywiffleball.com. And once again, thanks to 1356 Public House, our presenting sponsor. Brian, anything left to say to the people about the Astros, season 20, anything? No, don't underestimate us. We're here to stay. It's going to be a Never underestimate money. the Astros or any other team in this league because anything can happen. And we are going to see that Memorial Day weekend 2022 for the anniversary season 20 still can't believe season 20 brian thanks for joining me thanks man have a good night see you